The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I swear, people, if you take one thing away from today's damn podcast, it is that you need to be following my co-host on these Friday shows. It's about freaking time people took notice. The mock draft champion of the universe, Adrian (laughs) Benjamins. It's so nice to talk to you weekly again, man. You take so much of a burden off of me. And now this is the part of the show where I just sit back and let you go. (laughs) Dan, happy to be here again, man. Another week in the books. I I think we're what like two, almost two weeks away from preseason. It's it's um happening. Yep, it's like two and a half weeks. I think we it's it's right around the corner. Uh, I know Joe and Mike, uh, uh, Coach and Mike Apatry. I guess I should say they've got their DFS show that goes into a daily when preseason games start at the beginning of October. The countdown is on, man. Uh, this is a Friday edition of Fantasy NBA Today, which means that, you know, the next show is going to be on Monday. We can follow this. And then Tuesday the 17th, which is just two shows away from us right now, puts you one, two, three, four, five weeks from NBA opening night. We're five and a half weeks from the start of the actual NBA season. Holy crap. Holy crap. (laughs) It's almost here. And that means draft season is like four weeks away. So I love it, man. Draft season is the best. I cannot wait. Yeah, there is a little bit of a letdown after draft season, isn't there? You get like with so much buildup the whole offseason, you're prepping. And the worst feeling in the world is soiling yourself in a fantasy draft after you've been prepping for three months. It happens even to the best of us. And then you're just like you're you're looking at your team going, what? Like what? (laughs) What happened the last 85 minutes? Was I here for this? And then you really got to pick love, up the pieces. I love that you just said somewhat of a letdown because I think you nailed it right on the head. You know, the best part about draft season is it's like anything is possible, right? Like all of your sleepers <laughs> think are solid. You're, you, you just stare at your roster just going like you just think the world of it. Like you – you don't have any letdown yet. So nope. I love that's that's one of the things I love about draft season. It's just it just feels like um, so much positivity and no there's no letdowns yet. My you know, my drunk college roommate used to say, and this is a long time ago now, but when he used to get particularly um well, let's say uh how many sheets to the wind? This was like eight sheets to the wind. He would always, his, his reasoning why we need to keep doing stuff was, he would say, Dan, the world is your oyster. <laughs> and that's fantasy draft season. So we've got this countdown now, about four weeks until most of us are having our fantasy drafts, maybe four and a half, something like that. And the thing that, and most of these, you know, we're breaking down mock draft results, we're breaking down real draft results on the podcast. But Adrian, you have a special and unique view because you're the man who does 100 mock drafts leading up to the actual fantasy draft day, or days, many of us in multiple leagues. So I want to exploit that on this show. But before we do that, uh, officially welcome everybody in Fantasy NBA Today. It's Friday. Uh, end of the week is here. I'm Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. He is Adrian Benjamins with an S on the end. Find him on Twitter. Both of our names are our Twitter handles, which in many cases would be easy 
Uh, but we probably could have come up with something simpler. Still, if you can find us, you can follow us. And I really do. I beg of you, follow Adrian, man. He's got this thing on lock. He's a dynasty guy, too, which I cannot <laughs> offer you. Uh, and this show is a hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, our buddies uh, out on the islands. Oh, man. I really want to go to Hawaii right now. That would be... Oh, me too. Oh, my God. Me too. I want to go out there. I, and I... Yeah, man. <laughs> I do this ad. I talk about Hawaiian Isles every day, and I look at the pictures on their website, and I'm just like, man. I went there. My wife and I went to Hawaii like four years ago. You hear the kids screaming in the background. Maybe he wants to go too. Uh, and it was just... It's so relaxing and amazing, and everything is just so easy. So why don't you have your coffee the same way? That's the way I got to put it here. HawaiianIsles.com is the website, I-S-L-E-S. Hawaiian Isles on Amazon. If you want to search for them there, you can get it sent prime to your doorstep. H-I Kona Coffee is their Twitter handle. Okay, so what I was, what I was getting to a moment ago, Adrian, and then we're, I'll tee this thing up for you a little bit here, is because you're constantly, and I'm going to say this is in the trenches, you're like the offensive lineman for us here at Hoopball, just banging away against the D-line, trying to push us forward three yards by doing all these mock drafts. You're seeing all of the infinitesimally small changes that are happening in real time. And it's it has to be weird for you because for me, I'm breaking down a draft result a week. I'm looking through these drafts. I see the things and it, and it seems like stuff is jumping a little bit. But I got to think, it, Adrian, for you, it might be almost like when you're uh, around a kid growing up. You sort of don't notice as they're getting taller, but then six months later, you're like, oh, you're like an inch and a half bigger than than you were six months ago. And that, I think, is where I'm at because I'm not doing it every day. And for you, you're seeing all these little itty-bitty changes. So I thought it might be kind of cool for us on Friday to do a little segment we can call Adrian's Eyes on the Ground. You're on the ground. <laughs> you're pushing forward. You're making a hole for the running back to get through. You got your eyes on the ground. You got your ear to the ground or whatever you want to call it. What are you noticing? What are you noticing as you pound your way through these mock drafts? Maybe something that was different this week than two or three weeks ago. Well, not a lot of change right now to the mock drafts. And I think the reason why is just because there's not a lot of news, right? There's not a lot happening. We're really not hearing a lot. So, um, this perception that these mock drafters have on these guys has kind of been the same that it has been for the past few weeks. Now, one of the things that is influencing these mock drafts is the international FIBA tournament that's going on. For example, Dan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich today against Team USA this morning had a really great game, a 28-point game. Uh, you all have probably heard about Serbia defeating the United States <laughs> in the fifth in, place game <laughs> in a mock draft this morning. Bogdan Bogdanovich went in the tenth round. This isn't a guy. I mean, in the last thirty mock drafts I've done, I didn't see him go get drafted at all. Now, by the way, all of a sudden, by the way, today, Adrian, I got to jump in. You said the last thirty mock drafts you've done. That's like four <laughs> days, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably like oh, the last week, like week and a half. So, <laughs> okay, go, go um, ahead. So, you know, we are seeing international ball somewhat have a little impact, nothing major. Hmm. It's definitely not affecting the top of uh, the mock draft, the first few rounds. You know, Jokic goes 
does his thing and goes where he goes. Rudy Gobert has been a monster, but his draft value hasn't changed in this mock draft. Um, solid early third round, late second round guy. Um, so, you know, not a lot of changes, but I'm really glad that this is something we're going to revisit, maybe talk about on a weekly basis. Because yeah. now that you brought this to my to my attention, I am going to watch this like a hawk. Like if I see anything subtle, like strange happening, guys movement happen, I will let I will report it to you on a weekly basis. Dan. Yeah, I love it. You're you're our on the ground reporter is what's happening right now. While the rest of us are flying around in our helicopters trying to figure it all out, you're in there watching it all take place. I think it's really interesting because if you see guys start to shift, we can then it's sort of this this blend, right? Like we see the uh, we see the cause sometimes, or we think we see the cause, but then we have to actually see the symptom. There's these two parts of what we're discussing. When wh- how much does a guy move is part one, and why does a guy move is part two. And between Twitter and other fantasy sites. And pro mock drafts and draft guides. By the way, hoop ball draft guide still available fifteen ninety nine. Get it right now. But all the different draft guides out there. That's the why. But then we don't know exactly what the change, the delta. To get a little nerdy on this thing, what the delta is. And you're in there and you're watching it happen in front of your eyes. So so far, you're saying, based on Yahoo ADPs generally, guys haven't really moved all that much. That's actually really interesting to me because draft guides across the board are coming out right now. Hoopball's draft guide came out three weeks ago. Uh, Basketball Monsters, I think, came out two weeks ago. Roto World's come out in like three days. These are things that could move ADPs. And what you're telling me is just as interesting is they haven't yet. They have not. Now, there has been movement since the date the Yahoo drafts officially opened up, which, gosh, man, when was this? Uh, about a month ago? <laughs> I, I think it was about 8. Oh, man, I'm just totally guessing here. Like 8.15, 8.20. So, for example, is there was a group of bigs that I love in Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, Thomas Bryant. These guys were going, when the Yahoo mock drafts very first opened – Due to how they were ranked in the Yahoo list, they were going in the sixth to seventh round. Now, Bam Adebayo is going in the fourth round. Mm. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Thomas Bryant are at the very end of the fourth round. I'm very scared that their uh, that their ADP is going to keep pushing up and up and up because when these mocks first opened, it was so fun to get these guys in the sixth and seventh round. And now to have to choose between them in round four, Dan, I'm really hoping that their ADP, I mean, in the preseason and in real draft season, I hope this doesn't push up even further. So there has definitely been movement, but in the last two to three weeks, there really hasn't been any major movement in these Yahoo mock drafts. The uh, the guys you you mentioned there, two of those three were guys that I put on my hype train watch list right at the beginning <laughs> of the off season, and those are the that was Bam uh, and and Thomas Bryant. Those were two guys that I immediately put on my hype train watch list because everybody left Washington, and I thought, man, I hope nobody noticed this guy. And then Bam, well, that was an obvious one. He got the starting job, and then Hassan Whiteside got traded, and I was like, this dude's gonna be on every analyst's board. He is going to get 
blown out of the water. His ADP is going to be so pricey, and you're seeing it now. And it's funny, too, because uh, our buddy Eric Ong, who writes for Hoopball, one of our editors, one of the results that he sent over, the one we analyzed two weeks ago, was actually pre-Yahoo League's opening. So clearly, the big factor at this point is Yahoo's pre-ranks, because in Mm -hmm. those results... Uh, I think we saw, geez, I don't think it was Bam. I think Bam still went relatively early, but I think Thomas Bryant went, like you said, I think he was in the 80s in that draft. Uh, Jaron Jackson still went relatively early. But there were some other hype guys mixed in there that were going at like 85, 95 that are going at 50 now. Uh, Oh, Mm -hmm. I remember who it was. It was Derek Favors. Derek Favors went at like 78 in that one, and then Yahoo came out with his ADP or his pre-rank at like 39, and now suddenly his ADP is in the 40s. So it's Yahoo Mm -hmm. that's blowing everything up right now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of strange, Derek Favors being high. And I, you know, it is very interesting how the way Yahoo has the guys listed, how they have them ranked, how you how you see them in your in your draft queue. It really does affect where the guys go, uh, where they get drafted. You know, you do see one or two guys in these mock drafts that are not following that. Like they're obviously following uh, maybe a, a ranking list off of Hoopball or, or their own <laughs> ranking list yep. because you'll see a guy um, get drafted where he's not even listed anywhere near the page yet. And and it's not that it's a bad draft pick, but it's really clear that they're not looking at this Yahoo list. And, uh, you know, one of the interesting things when I'm doing the Yahoo mock drafts, sometimes there's a guy, for example, Jason Tatum or Miles Bridges, where I don't mind taking this guy maybe a round or two earlier where Yahoo has them. But I know that since they're not listed anywhere in the queue anytime soon, I know I could take, Hey, I could take Bledsoe here and I could wait on Tatum for another round where in a real draft, maybe I would just take Tatum in that round four or five slot where I'm happy taking him. But because in Yahoo, they don't have him listed until like early round six, I feel safe waiting. So it is really interesting how that Yahoo, uh, that Yahoo rank queue really does affect the way that these mock drafts go. Yeah. Say Yahoo rank queue five times fast, huh? It's <laughs> a good one. Adrian is an IPA deep at this point. So you're really in trouble. <laughs> oh man, and it has been a long day, man. I just helped my son out with his homework and Ooh, what subject? Dan, I'm 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 really scared. He's he's doing math. He's only in first grade, but <laughs> um man, I was not the greatest. I think the farthest I got into math, um man, how far did I get? I like I didn't get into calculus or anything like that. So, I'm really scared when my son starts, you know, getting older. Uh, I really hope he's not going to need my help any further, Dan, because uh, math is not my strong suit. Well, now they teach it a totally different way. Someone was trying to explain to That's me true. common core math, and I said, no, 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 no. I got my way of doing it, and you guys can bleep off. But now I have a, <laughs> I have a three-year-old now, so I guess I got to uh, count down the days until I got to figure out the new way to do things. But no, let me, I, I want to pivot back to the point that you made, which was the one I was going to make next if you didn't, which is, it is, I think a lot of people go into a draft and immediately start rearranging the names on the Yahoo board. And I think that's a huge disservice that you're doing. You need to have your rank list off to the side, and you mm-hmm. definitely need to be looking at the way Yahoo lists the players, because that's the big bopper in fantasy. 
it, whatever. Honestly, it could be wherever your draft is taking place. Fantrax, Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, CBS, whatever order they have the guys listed in, it is going to influence the order that guys get drafted in a huge way because people tend to build their own queue by starting at the top of the Yahoo list and slowly scrolling down and adding guys to their queue. You have to realize, you said it. I mean, you gave a perfect example of it. In these drafts, you're going, I'm going to take Bledsoe now because he's the guy that's less likely to make it back to me because he's going to mm-hmm. come up first for these other people as they're scrolling down the list. You need to be aware of what the other people in your draft are looking at and how that's going to impact the moves that they're about to make. I thought you made a great point there. Uh, I think a lot of people try to completely ignore the Yahoo rankings, and I think they should be used as a tool to understand what other people are working off of. Yes, and one of the things I do like about Yahoo mock drafts is they do update that list, that ranking that they have, and I believe that they update it based on the movement of guys, right? Like, for example, they obviously had Bam, Thomas Bryant, Jaron Jackson Jr. in the sixth round. They're seeing that people probably like me are taking them much earlier or sometimes around earlier. So now when they do the update, they move them up. So yep. I feel like as as we get closer to actual draft date, the list that they have, the queue, the ranking that they have is actually pretty realistic as to how regular mock draft or regular drafts are going to go for your home league. Um, you know, what's really fun about my home league is we do it on a draft board nice. that we shoot up on a projection. Man, what's what's really crazy about this, Dan? People are bringing their list from Hoopball, from Roto World, from I mean, I don't know. How many guys, minutes do you have I per pick? Guy, I saw a guy at the last draft who brought a book, like one of those <laughs> magazines that you buy. And I, I didn't even know that those things still existed. Like, I thought it was crazy. So, it, but one of the things I love about that draft is it is chaos because you just cannot really figure out where a guy is going to go. Um, you know, like obviously, except for the top of the draft, the first or second round is usually kind of how you would you would expect. But after that, man, it is a crapshoot just because so many people are using different lists and going off of different sources. So um, it's it's a really fun draft. This is how you end up getting guys falling to you all the time. Not you in particular, Adrian, just a, a person in a draft because people bring in all these whacked out lists and they lose touch with the actual order that guys can be taken in. This is how people start reaching too early because on their list, and this is a reasonable thing on your own list, you have the rank that you think guys are going to finish the year. But at some point, Adrian, don't you have to reconcile that list with the order that you think guys are actually going to get drafted? Because if you take the guys, if you take guys in the order you think they're going to finish, you're going to grab guys in the wrong order. You're going to miss half the dudes you should be able to get because you're too busy going way down the list to snatch up. Like if you think the number, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you think the Yahoo pre-ranked guy number 50 is actually going to finish the year higher than the Yahoo pre-ranked guy number 30, you probably still don't have to take the number 50 guy first. He's going to be on the board longer just because of the way people's minds work. People reach too soon 
It happens every year. And then at the end of the season, I see everybody say the same thing on Twitter, which is, ah, these upside guys, man, they're killing me. They're not killing you. What's killing everybody is taking them too soon. You max out their upside. You, you wipe out their potential value. I think this is such an important point on draft day. Let people fall to you. It will happen every time. This is just one of the reasons you and I are discussing right now why people sure. fall in fantasy drafts. This is one of like 15 reasons why guys fall. Sure, and what's, what's really interesting is what you just said. You know, sometimes... There's a guy that I'm targeting. Uh, let's say, for example, I used Jason Tatum earlier. Uh, you know, in this mock draft I did, he went round six. I'm targeting, but let's say, okay, he's my target here in round six. But let's say there's a guy in round that you had maybe listed in round five at the beginning of round five who's still on the board. You know, that will affect. You know, okay, I wanted to take Tatum here, but this guy, I believe this guy could be a a fourth round value. He slipped here. You got to take him. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry about getting your guy so much this early in a fantasy draft. You take the guy. That's the best value on the board. I said something that might have been a little bit too blanket, Adriana, and feel free to argue with me on this. On a podcast earlier this week, I said, if in the first five rounds of a fantasy draft, and obviously you can't do it in the first round, so rounds two through five, if those four picks each performed one round better than the round you drafted them in, you'd be in a top three in your league without doing anything else the rest of the year. Agree or disagree? Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. You know, you know I got to say, one of the best things that happens in these mock drafts, it, it makes me so happy. Dan, Dan, it's so funny what makes me happy, but uh, what's the greatest thing in these mock drafts is when you're in a round, for example, let's say you're in the end of round four, you can't decide between Bam Adebayo and Jaron Jackson Jr. And you're racking your brain and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to take Bam Adebayo. He's higher ranked for whatever reason. And then in round five, the guy that you uh, thought that you had to choose between is still there in the next round. That is the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> that's, that's when you know you made the right call. Yeah. To, to yes, quote true, the great Jack true. Bauer. To quote the great Jack Bauer, you made the right call. Uh because that's half of the game, is trying to figure out which of your guys can get back to you. It's why it's important to know what websites everybody else is reading. I mean, honestly, Adrian, the fact that you guys are all doing this on a projection screen and you can see what papers they bring in, if you see the logo of a website on the top of their sheet, you can know immediately which guys they're targeting. Like, if they roll in with a hoop ball sheet from last year, you'd have been like, oh, okay, I know which guys this dude's going to grab. I know when I have to take them. I know they're going to try to pick Pascal Siakam before me last year. Uh, if they roll in with like a, oh, who who was Roto World's guy last year? Was it Jamal Murray? I think Murray was their guy yeah. last year. Uh, then then you know if you if this is a guy you're targeting, you're gonna have to jump that dude in your fantasy league. This is stuff. These are these little things that help you get the guys you're targeting. But I will add now, uh, before we segue to our next point, we spent a half an hour on point number one here. Uh, which, by the way, I think is actually kind of fun. This is the deep dive stuff. This is what wins leaks. For me, I said this on last week's podcast, but I'll repeat it because we're uh, every week there's like like twenty to thirty percent of people come back to basketball. So welcome back, everybody. Um, as you work your way towards the end of the draft, that's when for me I target the player 
and not the value. At the beginning of a draft, I target the value and not the player. At the end of the draft, I target the player and not the value. And what I mean by that, and maybe it's probably not that clear just in one sentence, is at the beginning of a draft, I'm not targeting individual people. I don't go into the third round going, this is the guy I want in this round. I go into the round saying, I want whoever falls the farthest. I want the guy that has the easiest path to beat this ranking. But once you get past pick 75, I start picking the player. And I'm not worried about guys that are falling because at that point, if they're falling, it probably means I don't want them very much. So I'm going to go get the guy that I want on my team, the upside guy who's ranked 110 or whatever. It doesn't matter. I want the guy that has the chance to end inside the top 50. And once you get to pick 75, the odds of that happening are pretty much the same for every single person ranked between 75 and 175. How do you feel in terms of how do you proceed through your draft? We talked about this a little bit last week, but I think it's worth going over again. So I think you're absolutely right. I feel like each round has a different you you have a different goal in each round. For example, in round 1, you basically just want a guy that's going to finish with that first round value, right? <laughs> yeah, like don't screw like, it up. Like, right. Like if you have the number 1 pick, you're trying to to draft the guy who's going to finish as the number one player, right? Like that's your goal. If you're drafting the first round, you want a guy that's going to finish with first round value. And if you don't, you almost kind of feel like you messed, you messed up. Oh my God, Adrian, I want to let you, I want to let you keep going, but you just made the best point of the show. And so I don't want to let this go. Too many people spend their number nine pick on a guy they think has an opportunity to be the number five guy, but could also be the number 30 guy. I think that's a horrible mistake. you got to spend your number nine pick on a guy that you just hope stays somewhere near number nine. Don't screw it up. Am I reading what you're saying right? Because to me, that's an important and really big feature in round one. You're absolutely right. And in round two, your focus now is, is there a guy who can finish with first round value, right? Is there a guy who fell, who, let me give you an example, Dan, Paul George last year finished as the number two player in total value for nine category leagues. Paul, now he is dealing with an injury issue, might miss the first four to six week four to six weeks of the season. But as of right now, Paul George is a second round player. This is a guy who could possibly be a first round player. If Bradley Beal falls into the second round, that's a guy who could potentially finish as a first round player. So once you get in that second round, it's like, which one of these guys could be a top 10 player that's still available on the board? Like you got to grab one of those guys, as you said, right Dan, like, you know, Luka Doncic and, Devin Booker are really popular second round players. I'm sorry, Dan. I love those guys. I don't think there's really any shot that those guys can finish as a top 10 no, player. No, they so, can't. Don't apologize <laughs> so if, to me. Destroy those players. So if you're drafting guys like that over uh, Jimmy Butler, a Paul George, a Bradley Beal, even a Kyrie Irving or something, like I think you're kind of doing a disservice there because – um, there's really not a chance that Luca or Devin could finish as a second. I mean, as a first top ten type player, where there could be guys on the board that can. And I think you got to take a shot on that. Yes, there. absolutely, absolutely. Too many people are getting caught up in these in the hype and the popcorn. Uh, you know who else, by the way, could actually crawl up into that category? 
Andre Drummond and Rudy Gobert. They were number 13 and 12 in totals last year. Now, I don't know about Gobert. He's, he rotates between actually playing and being injured every other year. Uh, Andre Drummond was the number four player in fantasy for the last two months last season. That's a guy who's going behind almost all of those guys you mentioned, mm-hmm. and he was a first-rounder for a third of the season last year. Uh, you mentioned Paul George. I'm not going to draft him just because of the injury, but he's an example certainly from last year of a guy that was drafted outside the first round that climbed into it. Beal, you mentioned. Irving, you mentioned. Uh, Kawhi, if he happens to slip into the second round, which he hasn't been much, but as a second round guy in Roto, I would take that chance. Jimmy Butler, you mentioned. That's a wonderful example of it. Uh, these are these are fabulous ways to start your second round. What about as you work away towards the end of the second round? Because I don't know if there's many guys left that could actually be a first rounder at that point. Oh, so actually, right now the end of the second round for Yahoo for Yahoo ADP is Rudy Gobert at 22, Miles Turner wow, at 23, really? and and Nikola Vucevic who finished as a first-round value last season. He's going player 24 in Yahoo right now. So they are still on the board. They are still on the board. And, man, these are no-brainer picks right here. I mean, pick 24, Vucevic, a guy who can be a top-10 player. I mean, if you believe that last season was kind of an outlier, somewhat of a fluke, that's fine. But, you know, um, for me... Vucevic's outlook really isn't changing much. Their team is the the Orlando Magic team is pretty much the same uh, starting five. He's locked into that starting spot. His usage and minutes are there. So not expecting in, like a lot of change for him right now. He's going end of round two. So yeah, it, pretty much all of round two you can you can snag a guy who could definitely finish with some first round value. Well, what do you see as we work our way towards round three? Is it a similar thing where you can find someone? Is your goal in round three to find someone who could be a second rounder? Is your goal in Man. round three to, to not biff it? How does how do you play it at this point? Round three is the worst, Dan. It is <laughs> filled with it is a field it's a field full of landmines. Okay. Let me read let me read this list off to you. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Robinson, mm. Zion Williamson. John Collins, uh, Kristaps Porzingis, um, De'Aaron Fox, Draymond Green, Otto Porter, Pascal Siakam. You know, I love um, – I, you know me. I love the young guys. I love the rookies. You do. I feel like Zion Williamson at right here at pick 30 in round three. I feel like if everything goes right for this – for this guy he plays to the top of his potential like this is where he's gonna finish so drafting him here kind of feels like you're not um it it just feels like you're gambling and it's way too early in your draft to to make to make a gamble like that um dan i don't need to tell you man i slipped major on donovan mitchell last year i think this is where i was uh you know i was drafting him like that second round what did he finish like fourth or fifth round value last year um you know this i feel like at pick 26 this feels a little risky you know mitchell robinson such a small sample size i understand the upside i know you know, in a small stretch last year, he was putting up amazing value. So I understand 
um, the temptation to grab a guy, especially someone who could lead the league in blocks, but still feels a little risky. John Collins, I mean, until he adds a three-point shot or defensive stats to his game, I can't take him this early, but this is where he's going. So, Dan, I, I, there's a lot of risk here in this round yeah, for me. And, there and is. You know, this is one of the most difficult rounds. This is actually probably the most difficult round. When I'm doing the Yahoo mocks, I'll sit there staring at my computer going, what do I want to do right here? Because the guys we talked about in round one and round two are gone. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. um, those guys we talked about aren't really don't slip this far. So are you going to take a shot here? Or are you going to look to the next round and maybe, you know, take a guy you like in, in that round four range? I mean, it is a really difficult spot here. So are you looking for someone in the third round that could give you second round value? It seems like you like me, actually, this is the way I tend to play my early rounds is I'm looking for a third rounder that won't screw it up. I almost treat mm -hmm. it like a first rounder a little bit. That's right on right there. And, you know, there are a, there are a few guys here that do feel a little safe to me. Pascal Siakam right here at pick 36 is his ADP right at the end of third round. That feels really safe, especially with Kawhi Leonard gone. You feel like Siakam's usage is going to go up. He's going to maybe be the main guy in um, Toronto. That feels safe. Draymond Green, you know, he's a guy that's been on a lot of my teams. Um, it's tough because he'll put up some nights where it's real low-end lines. Like, for example, he could some nights have nine points with eight boards and six assists, and you feel like you're not getting much. But, man, you know, with Kevin Durant gone, Clay Thompson on the shelf, it really feels like Curry and Draymond that they really need to step up. And I'm, I'm starting to feel like this season is going to be a little bit safer for him. So at right here at this spot, you know, Chris Paul is a really interesting guy. He goes here too. Um, Dan, a lot of people don't know really what to think of Chris Paul because, um, you know, him going to OKC, he hasn't stayed healthy for the last few seasons. So are you going to get 82 games from him? Like people don't know what is his role on this Thunder team. And so his value is kind of all over the place in in some of these mock drafts. Like I've seen him go at the end of the second round. I've seen him fall to the fourth round sometimes. But for the most part, he's going right here in round three. But if you need a point guard, it feels a little safe to um, grab him right here in in this spot. So there are some guys that feel like you're not taking that risk as the other guys that I talked about. Is this the year where the dastardly second round becomes the dastardly third? Well, as of right now, that's how it feels like to me. A little bit. The second the second round just feels easy. Like like we talked about, those guys slip. Those guys could possibly be first-round value slip. You just snatch those guys up. But in the third round, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll ask myself, like, should I take Zion Williamson here? Like, like he's he's the next guy up on, on that queue list. Um, I do need a big. Should I take this guy? Like, sometimes I'm trying to talk myself into it when it just doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't feel... Um, I, I just feel like I'm taking too much risk. So, yeah, man, this this round three um, is a really strange round. It's a really strange round. It's yeah. one of the only rounds where I don't think I'd want to be in the middle. I, I always love being in the middle because you have less time in between picks. A lot of your guys fall back to you. And round three is like the only round I can think of 
where I don't really want to be in the middle because there's just like mm-hmm. nobody there. The good ones from the second round that might have trickled into the start of the third round, those guys are gone. And you can't, you can't in good faith go grab someone that's sitting in the fourth round because you're just jumping the gun. You're stuck there. You're stuck taking a chance probably on a third-round guy unless you want to dig deep uh, and, and grab, um, oh, I don't know, like a Conley or a LaMarcus Aldridge. But those guys would probably be around for you in the next round anyway. That's a yep. tough spot yeah. to be in. Yeah, those, those guys are staples in, in the fourth round. Conley the, uh, and Aldridge. The, yes. the, the mock that we were breaking down this week, and we covered the third round on, uh, on Tuesday's show, went like this. These are the 12 names. I'll just I'll read them off to you because they're, they're going to sound oddly familiar. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, John Collins, D'Angelo Russell, Kristaps Porzingis, Russell Westbrook, who fell quite a bit in this draft, Chris Paul, Kevin Love, DeAndre Ayton, who is probably one of the safer third-round picks, Mitchell Robinson fell to 33, Ben Simmons, 34, LaMarcus Aldridge, 35, and Jaron Jackson Jr. at 36. A lot of landmines on that list. How many of those names even sounded remotely safe to you? Like three out of the 12? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, probably about three. Okay, so let's do Wait, the, yeah. the, the fourth round then. The fourth and fifth round. For me, this is where I start to get a little bit more adventurous, but generally my my theme remains the same, which is someone's going to fall to me in these rounds. In the fourth round uh, of the mock that I was covering this week, Clint Capella fell to me. In the fifth round, Otto Porter fell to me. I didn't have to target anyone. I just waited and waited, and I saw, okay, this is the guy who should have been drafted far sooner than this. I'm just going to take that guy. I never never even stopped to think about who I was targeting in those rounds. How do you handle four and five? And then we'll put a pin in this discussion. Well, round four definitely has a group of safer guys. Now, I'm not – I don't know if safe is the right word, but I, when I say safe, I just mean you kind of know what you're going to get. LaMarcus Aldridge, um, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, Buddy Heald. Like these are guys – you can kind of lock them in for value you know, as long as they stay healthy, guys like um, Kevin Love. But um, – Clint Capella goes at the end of the fourth round. I mean, this is a guy, Dan, we talk about this guy, you and I, all the time. I mean, what, he's like a lock for third round value. So round four is a little bit easy for me. I also love targeting Bam Adebayo, just the guy I want on a lot of teams. And usually I feel like if I don't take him here in this fourth round, he's likely going to be gone if I wait. So he ends up on a lot of my Yahoo mock draft teams but um for me this is a much easier round to choose from there's a uh, less question marks when i'm up in this round usually i'm 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 picking really quickly so here. are you shooting for a third round value or are you shooting for uh, a higher mark or are you are you going more with the dan Bespris method which is just wait for an old guy to fall into your lap and don't worry a ton about what the potential upside is what what is your goal in round four um, I don't mind shooting for higher value. You know, there are guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, who could definitely exceed this value here. Sometimes I, I – it may be a little early, but sometimes I am thinking of a, a position as well. Like, um, you know, if I've gotten a guard or two early and I haven't taken a big yet, that's one of the reasons why I, I love taking Bam out of Bayou right here is because I – okay, I, I – I got to get some blocks. And so, um, you know, maybe a little too early, though, to be 
thinking of team need right here on your fourth pick, but there are times where I am looking at the already at the makeup of my team. I'm seeing possibly two guards and a small forward, and I'm thinking to myself, man, who's the best big? And oh, you know what? I, I don't mind taking Lamarcus Aldridge or Bam Adebayo right here. So um, that kind of comes into play. Um, but same, yeah, same thing know, round five. Part, yeah, same thing around five. And then, of course, you know, you're you're still thinking like, hey, is this guy going to return val- this value or exceed this value, right? Like you don't want to be taking a chance on a guy who um, like there's a 50-50 chance he's going to return value here, right? Like I wouldn't want to be taking that risk right here. Mm. Okay, here's what I want to do going forward. Let me know if you're on board. Adrian, you're in the trenches. You're fighting mm-hmm. it out. You're our man on the ground. You got your uh, you got your satellite, so you can you can wire the news back to uh, to Hootball HQ. Uh, <laughs> let's pick a handful of guys. Maybe they can be buzz guys. Maybe they can be boring guys. Handful of guys that I want you on the ground keeping a close watch on. You want to pick first, or you want to pick second. I think we can each pick three guys, and that'll be you're going to be on the you're going to be on the report there. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Why? Yeah. Why don't you pick first? All right. Guy uh, number I'm one. I'm gonna try to focus. Okay. I'm gonna try to focus on guys that I specifically think could have major mm-hmm. movement movement from now between when we're actually drafting. So I'm gonna kind of go through and take a look at this list. All right. My first pick. Why don't you go first? My first pick for uh, Adrian's on the ground reporting. Uh, Adrian, CBS Live, uh, Eyewitness, whatever we're called, uh, Mitchell Robinson. Because I know his ADP nice. is 28, but I have not seen him go at 28 in any draft I've covered so far. He's gone in the 30s in oh, every wow. single one. So I'm curious um, about okay. that. Okay, I have actual mock drafts results of the last one I did, and he went round three, pick nine in round three. There you go. The- of that 33? the very latest one I've I've done, but yeah, I think that's a great that's a great pick because um, I've seen him go as high as the end of round one, which I think is a little Woof. ridiculous. Yeah, no, yeah, which is which is absolutely crazy. In fact, when that happened, I remember someone in the chat was like, "Wait, why is Mitchell Robinson going here?" <laughs> like, didn't <laughs> even no know, reason. didn't even understand. But um, and then I've seen him often go in round two. So yeah, very interesting name. I like that pick. Okay, who's your first okay. one? So my first pick is Shea Gillis-Alexander. And right now, currently going in round seven, pick 77, I think this is a guy who could drastically jump up to maybe as high as round five value yeah. if we know for sure that he's going to start next to Chris Paul. If he has a really great preseason, there's a lot of buzz on this guy. I think this is a guy who could possibly have some movement here. yeah i'm pretty worried about him pricing himself out with all the buzz I, I know that there's a lot of there are a lot of analysts out there that are on him right now and that's gonna that's gonna ruin his value if we can't if that doesn't cool off in the not too distant future uh i'm not gonna pick jaron jackson jr because i have a feeling he's gonna be on one of your lists but i am gonna put bam out of bio on there because he was he was like the honorary uh <laughs> engine he was the conductor of the the, the hype train uh, this off season, just knowing everybody was going to be on that name, he's going in the fourth. Man, that is a massive leap for that dude. 
Um, there's maybe a little bit of room above that. I'm curious, does he push higher, or is he a guy that now pushed as high as he will push, and maybe there will be a tiny bit of fade between now uh, and actual draft season? So Bam is my <sighs> second pick. Who you got for your second guy? Uh, my second guy, I'm going to go with DeLon Wright. This oh, is a guy... Uh, I have trouble with this guy, man. I, I mean, really good uh, fantasy player, but we've never seen him with a starting role mm-hmm. with um, with good usage. With So really curious, not sure how he's going to be starting point guard, it looks like, for the Dallas Mavericks next to Luka Doncic. Uh, we're going to see Kristaps Porzingis. I don't know what to think of him, Dan. Right now, mm. going at the beginning of round nine in these Yahoo mock drafts, I'm really curious to see um, with the preseason where if he's going to have any movement, is this where he's going to stay? I'm not quite sure even how to rank him myself. So I this is a guy that I definitely want to watch. All right, my last pick is actually a quartet of old men. I'm bending the rules a little bit here. It's the old man contingent. They're a barbershop quartet. Uh, They sing all of the hits that that the barbershop quartet sang in that Simpsons episode. Uh, So this old man contingent is LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, It is, I lost track of the second name, Eric Bledsoe. Sorry, I forgot who my second guy was there. It's Kyle Lowry as the third one and Otto Porter is the fourth one on the list. This is the old man contingent. I know Otto's not that old, but it doesn't matter. He's, he plays, he has an old man fantasy game. I, these guys are all slipping. LaMarcus, Bledsoe, Lowry, Porter. These guys are all slipping way beyond where they should be going. I know Otto's ADP is in the 30s, but I haven't seen him drafted before the 40s anywhere, and a lot of times he's going in the 50s. Bledsoe is going in the 50s. Lowry's going in the 50s. Uh, and LaMarcus is going in the late 30s or early 40s. I'm really curious, Adrian, if you see these guys start to go a little bit earlier or if they are able to somehow remain buzzless throughout the entire fantasy offseason. And I left you Jaron Jackson if you want him, but you don't have to. Oh, man. I, you know, I'm not going to take Jaron Jackson Jr. only because I really don't see him moving. From here, and you know that might not be really smart for me to say because um, <laughs> we, we can it, always it, it, track I mean, other guys too. We don't have to hand. This is just an exercise for a podcast. You can always track another guy I'm, if you want. I'm trying to think. You know, okay. So a guy I want to keep an eye on that I just have been keeping an eye on is Miles Bridges. I love his current ADP of round eight, and I think the reason why I watch him is because I don't want it to move. <laughs> I, I love taking him in round eight. I don't want it to move, so I'm really just like Bam out of Bayou. Please don't go any higher than round four. Like I think that just prices me out if yeah. that happens. So man, like I. I I, I wish we could take a like a, a list of 10 guys and just lock them up. Like, yeah. don't, like don't play in the preseason. Don't do anything. Just Seriously. hide until the start of the season. And like, they, I, I oh, wish that exactly. we could put Miles Bridges on that list. Yeah, I want to go out on Twitter and just look at every fantasy analyst and go, what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> My draft hasn't happened yet. Like, we're all looking at these guys. Um, yeah. Though it, and the thing is, if any of these guys move up at all, if Mitchell Robinson moves up at all, you can't draft him anymore. If Bam moves up at all, you can't draft him anymore. Mm-hmm. That, these guys are right. I mean, I probably can't take them even where they are right now, 
but it's close. At least it's something worth considering for a lot of these guys. But if they move up, if Mitchell Robinson moves from the middle of the third to the very beginning, if he goes in the late 20s, I can't touch that. That's too early for me. Uh, Bam is around 50. If he moves to towards 40, I can't do that anymore. That's crazy. Uh, Delon Wright, he's out in the you know 70s, 80s, 90s range. If he starts moving towards 50s and 60s, then I can't touch that anymore. And that's why I think this is so important is that we, we've, we've isolated these values very early in the fantasy season, but it by no means uh, constitutes the value that will be there three or four weeks from now. So that's why, Adrian, live on the, live on the ground <laughs> in the war zone, you'll be able to track these guys. You'll let us know what's going on with them. Uh, Mr. Benjamin's freaking fabulous, man. God, I love awesome. these shows. Uh, have a lovely week, man. We'll patch you back into Hoopball HQ via satellite next Friday. Sounds good. Have a good one, Dan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> he is at Adrian Benjamins. He's the best, man. He's the best. He's shouldering the load for me out here, and we'll have him back in a week to talk about the guys that he is tracking and maybe some other names as well. want to remind everybody, by the way, before we uh, head towards the, the last point or two here on, on our Friday edition of Fantasy NBA Today, that this show is also brought to you by our buddies at mybookie.ag. A deposit match promotion continues. Use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, when you sign up for your new account at mybookie.ag. They will match your first deposit up to $1,000. No, you can't immediately cash out the deposit match. It doesn't work like that. If you put in $400 and they match you $400, you can't just cash out $800. You got to bet it. That's part of the the promotion. But we're going to bet it. We have hundreds of revenge game angles to play this year. We have altitude angles to play. We have things that we have determined over the course of years that have some measure of success. And at the very least, we will hopefully maintain. So you bet it all. And even if you go even, all you got to do is break even. Because then if you bet it and you break even, you keep it. Right? That's a beautiful thing right there. Oh, it's a fantastic. MyBookie.ag, they're the best right now. You got to move your money over to them. If you're not betting anywhere, that's the place to start. I recommend them because they are our partners. They have assured me that everything is perfect. Their customer service is great. They have player perks, the best in the business, the fastest way to get those player perks at MyBookie.ag. You can bet games as they're in progress. NFL has fantasy scores you can bet on. Everything is good. Everything is thumbs up. MyBookie.ag. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. Sign up for your new account today. Use promo code T-O-D-A-Y. Bet, win, get paid with MyBookie. I really liked the stuff that we were able to cover today. We didn't get into the exact specifics of a draft result, but we've been doing that for 14 shows in a row. It was time to take just a brief respite to go over... A key point that I made two shows back, but when I'm just shouting it into the void, I don't think it has the gravitas of talking about it with another human being, someone that studies this stuff, that can then say, Dan, you're crazy, or Dan, you're onto something here. And so, you know, we were able to break down what it means to outperform your 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 draft rank position in each of the first five rounds, aside from the first. Don't screw up your first round pick. Look for guys that can go one round higher in every round. That's all you got to do. You don't need to get 
the third round pick that could be a first rounder that turns out to be a seventh rounder. Just go get the third round pick that's going to be a third or a second round guy. When you get into the sixth round, the seventh round, the eighth round, then you start shooting for the top 50 guys. You don't need eight first round picks on your team to win your league. Yeah, sure, you will if you have eight first round picks, but nobody does. And this is the math that I brought up earlier in the week that I want to rehash here to close out today's podcast. The math is if you make picks in the second, third, and fourth rounds, and each one of those is one round better, then you have a first, a second, and a third round pick. If you make picks in the second, third, and fourth rounds, and you shoot the moon, and your fourth round pick is a first rounder, but your second and third round picks underperform as a third and a fourth, the three, four, and the one is actually worse than the three, two, and the one. It's better to take the easy play until you get into the middle rounds. Folks, that's another week in the books here at Fantasy NBA Today. Thanks so much to everybody that's been tuning in throughout the offseason, and welcome to those that are joining us this week for the first time. Please, if you're enjoying what you got, rate and review the podcast. It's so easy to do if you're on a computer. Just click on the links we send out from at Dan Bespris, at Adrian Benjamins, at Hoopball Fantasy. If you're on an Apple mobile device, open up the podcast app on your phone. Use the search button in the bottom right corner. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Push the first result. That's us. It's easy. We come up first. We make life easy for you. Click on the show title. Not an episode. The show title. It's over on the top left. Scroll down about five episodes. And there, before your eyes, is a place to rate and review the show. Took me less than 90 seconds to explain how to do it, which means it can take even less than that to just do it. Please do, again, drop a five-star review on the show. We still have Hoopball Leagues open. Shoot me a note at Dan Bespris. I'll get you placed. Roto head-to-head, $50 and free. Back on Monday, we'll start breaking down our next draft result. And also, next week, I teased it on Twitter. I'll tease it here as well. We're going to start going through the Yahoo ADP rankings round by round and we'll tell you exactly what Yahoo got right and wrong. Also available in the Hoopball Draft Guide right now in much more detail for $15.99. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thanks to Adrian. I am Dan. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.